There are a number of APIs in Apple's frameworks that either do something and return a value or result in an error. So a common use of this would be interacting with the file system or talking to the network or dealing with anything core data. There's a lot of things that can fail. And some of these things end up using uh, try catch. So they're throwing exceptions, but other things uh, either can't use that or it's kind of impractical. And I'd like to sort of go back and take a look at an example from a long time ago um, if we look at this, the documentation for file manager contents of directory at path, this is an example of an API that uh, can list directories, but if that directory doesn't exist, it'll fail. If you don't have permission, it'll fail. If there's a file system error or something like that, it'll fail. And so this is a good example of something that fails. And if we click over here to the Objective-C version, we can kind of see how we used to do this in Objective-C. Uh, this method returns an array of strings and it takes this uh, error parameter which takes uh, an error pointer pointer. So error star star. This is a pointer to a pointer to an NS error. And in Objective-C lingo, basically this would mean we create our own NS error pointer, and then we pass the address of that pointer into this method. And if there was an error, they're gonna populate that pointer to point at an error. Uh, so the typical usage of this scenario would be call the method, check the return value for nil. If it was nil, then we probably have an error here. Now this is because of its C nature. This is kind of how we used to do things. There were not multiple return values and this is just how we did it back then. So, uh, and today in Swift, that exact same API is converted into a throwing method because it is a lot easier for us to enforce that we handle errors rather than just pass nil for that error parameter, which is what a lot of people ended up doing. So here we have contents of directory at path, and in order to call this, we need to call it with try, which means it needs to be in a do catch block. So this is the typical error handling, but there's also other things like asynchronous APIs, which can't utilize throws. So I wanna take a look at how Swift 5's result type handles these scenarios. So typically we'll have, uh, say, a function called, let's say, get message, and we're gonna make this asynchronous. So this method is going to take a completion handler, which will be an escaping closure, and it will give us back something later. And one of the ways we used to do this before result type was by having the value that we're going to get, but it could be optional because there might be an error, and the error that we might get. And this also has to be optional because it might not be there. And so this is kind of the API that we would see uh, it, well, this is basically what we would see during uh, networking. This is how that works. And it's kind of unfortunate because uh, there are four possible cases here when in fact the, the underlying logical uh, cases, there are only two. Either we get a string, which is the successful case, or we get an error, which is a failure case. Um, and unfortunately, this uh, return value or this callback value um, indicates that we could receive a nil and a nil or a string and an error. And those cases really don't make any sense, but we still have to handle them because this is the API that we have. Well, Swift 5 introduced the results type where we can specify the value that we would get in the case of success and the value we would get in the case of failure. So here, let's just call it, assuming that it was successful, you can type results.success or just .success because the compiler can figure it out here. And I can say it worked. And then if we want to call that, we'll call get message and we will get the results back. And the typical usage here is for you to switch on that results. And in the case of success, we can unwrap our message, print it out. And in the case of failure, we get an error, 
and we'll print it out. Okay, so if I run this code, then we should see it worked in the console because it uh, grabbed the results, found that it was success, unwrapped the underlying value and printed it out. Um, if we make a version of this method that fails, and this needs to fail with some type of error that matches this type right here. So this type is the Swift generic, you know, the, the base error protocol. So we can just create our instruct my custom error conforms to that protocol. And now we can pass in dot failure and pass in my custom error, create a new one of those. So now if I switch this over to get message that fails and we run it, now we get our error. Okay, so that is the basics for how we would use it. And this is the typical usage of using uh, switch to make sure that we can unwrap the cases. Now, Swift 5 also has some additional tricks up its sleeve. And one of those is transforming the successful value. And we do that with map. So map is defined on results, which takes a transform function that takes our successful value and turns it into a new value. So here I'm going to take the message that we got, actually I can do this in one line, I'll just do $0.reversed. And this is going to give us a reversed collection of a string. And this is Swift sort of non-destructively uh, wrapping this in a type that knows how to reverse the string. So we're gonna store that in a new results type and we're gonna take a look, option click on this and it'll show us this type. It is now a result of reverse collection of string with an error type of error. So we've mapped the successful case of this. And um, this map function will only run if it actually had a value in the successful case. If we, if we uh, switch on new result here, this one will still fail and that will not be called. But uh, if I switch this to get message, which does not fail, then we get a reversed collection. And if I just convert that to a string, we'll actually see it reversed. Okay, so we have mapped our successful case into a new type of result. We can also do this with errors. So let's say I want to map the error that we got into a different error. So let's say I have struct my other error, which is an error. And now I can say that I'm going to ignore the error that came in and just return my other error here. And now new result two is a result of string because I started with a result of string from here and my other error. If I started from this one, new results, then I would get the this success type from that result. And then I'm providing a mapped error type for this. So this is super handy and we can actually do this all in one line. Um, and it actually makes it pretty easy to read. So now I've mapped uh, one result into the other and one error into the other. So, um, and if we run this, it'll still work like it did before. It's just that our result type has been mapped to something else. So we can also uh, use flat map and flat map is a little bit of a unfortunately named uh, thing. It doesn't necessarily jump out at you and tell you what it does. Um, but let's assume that we had a, uh, we had a condition where well, we'll call this new results two. And that's going to be new results dot flat map. Uh, we have a condition where if this returns the an even number of characters, we'll allow it, but an odd number of characters we won't. 
Um, and so for this, that means that one of the successful cases from a previous result could actually be a failure. So we're going to flat map that and I'm going to create a struct, uh, another error type, a struct odd number of characters, which will be an error. And here, uh, if we take a look at this, let's, let's look at flat map again. Notice that um, it is intended to return an, a result here. So we're flat map the value that we get, which is the message, and we need to return a new result type. And in order to give the compiler some help, I'm gonna tell it what I'm gonna return. So I'm gonna say, I'm gonna return a string or an error. So the type is gonna be similar to what we had before. Okay, so now I need to check the message.count. If that uh, mod two is equal to zero, then I can return dot success and wrap the message in a string. Because remember, it was a, it was a reversed collection of string. Um, and if that failed, then we're going to return a failure with um, odd number of characters. Ah, and it expects us to return the same result type here. So I'm actually going to get rid of this uh, map error because we were mapping only the value and the error type has to be the same as what it was before. Now we also have flat map error. So new results to dot flat map error takes the error and returns a result with the previous uh, value type along with a new error type. So this would be useful in a case where uh, you got an error from a previous result, but you know that that's not actually an error and you can provide it with a default value. Um, and so that's what flat map is doing. So if you imagine what map was doing, map um, on results of t and error took a, a function from t to u, and that gives you a result of u and error, right? So we're given this and a mapping function, we know how to take t and go to a u, then I know how to take a result and go to results of u and that same error type. So what flat map does, remember flat map was expected to return a result of some other type, an error. And so what this is doing is taking a result of t and e and a function that returns a t of result of u and e. And if we followed that same pattern of map, then we would end up with results of results of u, e, e. And this is just horrible, right? Nobody wants to deal with this. This is like an optional optional. Um, so what flat map is doing here is it's flattening this into just a single result because this is the same as just a result of U and E. And so that's what flat map is doing. It's an unfortunate name, it's kind of hard to understand, but once you start um, recognizing scenarios in which you want to return a result from another result, or return another optional from another optional, or if you're into promises, returning another promise from a promise. There's many, many cases where flat map makes sense once you sort of understand this pattern. Okay, so that is flat map, and that is uh, now working. It worked here, but if we give it an odd number of characters and we run it, we should get the odd number of characters error. Okay, so that is map and flat map. There's a couple of other things we can do here. Uh, let's say we have a result of an int and an error, and we'll just make that a success 52. 
And if I just care about this value, I don't really want to switch on this result, so I wanted to throw an exception maybe, I can use r.get. And notice that this returns an int, but it also throws. So in order to call it, I need to call it with try, which means I need to do catch. So this is how you would turn the results type of code into a do catch type of code. So you can convert one style into the other. Um, but because it works with try, and let's say I don't care about errors, I just want to know if it has a value, I can uh, use that. And so I can say, um, let x equals try question mark, which will swallow any errors and return nil in that case, uh, which means that I can use this in a guard, or I could use it in an if let to unwrap. And so this is uh, you know, some easy ways of getting at the value without necessarily having to handle the error. And of course, you can also use try bang uh, r.get, which will crash if this doesn't have a value. So you would only want to use this in certain scenarios where you know for a fact that it has to have a value here. Okay, so lastly, I want to talk about one additional thing that I think is kind of nice with uh, leveraging the result type and the, the tools we've learned so far. Um, so imagine we have these three operations here. Uh, this first operation returns a result of int, but might fail. And it fails with one of these errors, so we can see what's going on. And then uh, the, the job of this guy is to create a random number, randomly fail with that failure, and then uh, return a success with that random number. So operation two is gonna take the output of that and generate that number of emojis, except it can also randomly fail. And then the same thing for operation three. Uh, but operation three is gonna take the emojis from this and map those into thumbs up. So I've got this run function which we want to, uh, which we want to call. And so I'm first going to create a result, which is operation one. And if we take a look at the type of result, it's a result of int and custom errors, right? And we want to return a result of string because it's the last operation. So I wanna take the output of this and run it through operation two. Operation two returns a result. So I can't use map here, right? If I wanted to use map, I need to return a value. If I wanna return a result, I wanna use flat map. So flat map is going to take the, the number and then we can call operation two and pass in the number. And in shorthand, we can just use $0 to refer to that first argument. And this reads quite nicely. Now I click on this. Now I've got a result of string. And following that same pattern again, we're going to call flat map operation three $0. And now, again, this returns a result of string. And we can return that result. So let's run this. And I'm going to run it a couple of times just because uh, we have some random failures in here. And I just want to see it running. Oops. There we go. We'll run it three times with a divider in between so we can see what's happening. So this one says operation one. Of course, I forgot to print out the actual results of this each step of the way. So if we take a look at that, we can see this one went through one, two, and three and succeeded. This one went through operation one and two and failed at operation two. And this one did the same. 
And if we try that one, you know, one more time, we're gonna get a new, you know, a different type of uh, result here. But this is uh, kind of a nice way of chaining together the output of one operation into another one. So that is a deep dive into Swift 5's result type. I hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll see you again in the next one.